They say the journey of a thousand miles begins in one step Watch me two-step, double jump the line Don't care who's next, sun will only shine if you let it uh, Second place is still considered winning, don't forget it uh, Look at all the paths that I chose Look at how I rose, slam slam dunk like D-Rose Slam it on my foes, I put one foot up up on the moon uh, Next step coming soon, uh, magic in they face The journey continues, uh, journey continues Journey continues, journey continues Welcome back to the Human Journey Podcast. This is episode four. Thank you so much for coming back to listen to this podcast. I really have been enjoying this and I appreciate all the texts, comments, emails, phone calls, conversations on social media about the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. It's weird because obviously I'm talking to myself right now, like there's no one around me. I'm talking to myself. So it's interesting when people call or text and have a conversation with me about what I was talking to myself about. (laughs) This week, I had a couple of highlights. I would say one. Oh, yeah. One big highlight is I have a new sponsor for the podcast and the sponsor is Brandless. And I'm sure you guys are going to hear, well, obviously, you're going to hear the, you guys will definitely hear my Brandless sponsor ad. But it's just exciting because I was I was just wondering, I was like, when am I going to, when am I going to be matched with someone who's going to be interested in it? It happened right away, which is really cool. And I'm really excited to be working with them. I, I'm excited for my future endeavors as well. Um, and another highlight would be my daughter's third grade concert. I, she was singing songs that I remember singing in third grade and I was like holding back tears because it was just like, I, I remember kindergarten through second grade vaguely, but third grade and forward is, is very vivid for me. So it just made me feel like, oh my gosh, she's, she's at the point where I remember and she's going so fast and I just... I had to hold it together, but I was almost breaking down in tears. She was so cute. They were all so cute. All right. Before I start crying, let's just move on over to the highlight for the Black History Month. Now, I know I told you guys that I would be shouting out people that African-American people that haven't really had the acknowledgement that they deserve and I'm not doing that this week. Now, before you get upset, calm down, calm down. I decided because it's Valentine's Day, why not have a Valentine's Day themed podcast? Now, whether you celebrate it or not, I'm a not. Whether you have a date or you don't, whether you're doing like celebrating Valentine's Day with yourself or with your friends, it's just going to be like, it's going to be catered around Valentine's Day. Nothing like cheesy. So relax. Okay. So the African-American history that I wanted to share that I feel like most people don't know about. So it's not a person, but it's, it's like a background of why we have done something for so long. And I have never heard this information before. So I thought, why not share it with everybody? I'm sure a lot of you know what jumping the broom is, and it's an African-American phrase or custom for marriage, and it actually originates in Ghana. Black people, when they get married, will jump over a broom, and they do that now to sometimes honor their ancestors, um, honor traditions. You know, I grew up thinking people jump the broom because They couldn't actually get married as slaves. They were black, so they had to jump the broom in like their own little ceremony, and that meant they were married. With modern-day weddings, when African-American people jumped the broom, I always associated it with them following tradition of their ancestors until now. So during the transatlantic slave trade, most of Ghana in the 18th century was ruled by the Asante of Ashanti Confederacy. Not Ashanti the singer, (laughs) Asante of Ashanti Confederacy. The Asante's urban areas and roads were kept super, super clean, according to the British and Dutch traders. They kept them clean with the use of 
brooms they made. The same brooms were used by wives or servants to clean the courtyards or palaces. And the brooms held spiritual value and they symbolized like sweeping away the bad spirits or removing the evil spirits. So where it comes into play with marriage, um, they would wave the brooms over the heads while the couples were getting married to ward off the spirits. And then jumping over the broom symbolized the wife's commitment to keeping the house clean, not like physically keeping the house clean, like keeping their marriage clean. (laughs) It like expressed her commitment to the household. It also represented who got to run the household. Whoever jumped over the broom the highest got to run the household. And usually it was the men. And you know, (laughs) they jumped the highest they ever jumped in their lives at that moment. Later in Ghana, the practice of jumping the broom was pretty much over after after the emancipation in America, which was consistent with the eventual fall of the Ashanti. Why can't I say Confederacy? The Ashanti Confederacy. (laughs) in Ghana in 1897 and so that's when they started taking on like the British customs where British people weren't jumping the broom but jumping the broom did survive in the United States because of the slaves the practice of jumping the broom was picked up by other African ethnic groups and they used it to strengthen their marriage during slavery among their communities jumping the broom did not originate with slavery it's an African culture. Obviously, we should know that, right? Because black people don't start with slavery. But it's hard to remember that black people don't start with slavery when you live in America as a black person. Here's why I say that. You grow up and you are told, here's how you have to act around police officers. Here's how you have to act in school. Here's how you have to act around white people in order for them not to perceive you as this person. So that's the first thing you're told by your parents. And for those of you that don't know, slaves back in the day, they would beat their children so that the slave master wouldn't beat their children because it will be worse. Hence, our whoopings (laughs) with belts and, and switches. So we were always taught that we need to watch our back wherever we go we have to be on our best behavior because we never know you know we never know what could happen and when you're taught in school about slavery you're not taught about Africans before slavery we never hear that like we we never hear the stories of the tribes that were happy and thriving before colonizers came and destroyed everything So we never hear those stories. So it's hard to remember that black people don't start with slavery sometimes. It's hard to remember that customs don't start with slavery sometimes. Some do, like soul food. Soul food starts with slavery, obviously. But the seasoning, (laughs) seasoning on the food, that's more probably like an African thing, you know? So yeah, it's hard, especially in 2019, there's like... It's so far removed, like African-Americans are so far removed from Africa and the culture and because of the PTSD from our great-great-grandparents or our great-great-great-grandparents, they never really wanted to talk about what happened in slavery. So, and they never, and a lot of them were too scared to talk about their African culture and pass that down. Some of them did, but some of them just wanted to forget it because- They knew it was never going to happen again. So it's hard when you don't have history. I remember going to school and little kids would be like, I'm I'm Irish. (laughs) I'm Irish. And and my mom and dad, we're going to Ireland this this summer and we're going to stay with my great grandma and grandpa. And they live on a farm. And I'm like, I'm going to Iowa. (laughs) I'm going to Iowa this summer to visit my grandma and all I know is that she's from Mississippi and and her family used to be slaves like that's sad that's sad for a kid right anyways back to jumping the broom so it's not a slavery custom it's an African culture with slavery over African Americans could now have like the European style weddings that didn't include jumping the broom that was more cutting the cake 
putting the rings on, um, planning this huge weddings. So once black people were able to have weddings with rings that symbolized marriage, they no longer felt the need to jump the broom. During that time, jumping the broom fell out of practice from the stigma it carried. Like with slavery, they just associated the broom with slavery. A lot of African-Americans wanted nothing to do with slavery at that time, like I talked about in my rant. (laughs) But the practice survived and made a resurgence after Alex Haley's book, Roots. So Jumping the Broom came back because of Roots. So that is my Black History Month, but it's Black History Month every month, guys. Let's just... Let's just keep that in our minds that it's Black History Month every month. But that is my bet you didn't know Black History Month fact. Tell me if you guys did know that because I guess if you I I was in the dark. I had no idea that that was the definition behind jumping the broom. So we're going to move on over to the segment called Ease On Down the Road. Okay, did you guys watch? I'm going to ask you this every week. I know I gave you guys a big assignment. It was to watch you on Netflix. It was 10 episodes. Um, I think each episode was about 30 minutes or something like that. Could have been 40. I could have been out of it. I, I just, I watched it once before I told you guys to watch it. And then... After I told you guys to watch it, I had to watch it again. So I was binging it with you guys. So I'm just going to read the summary of the show and then we'll dive into the episodes. If you have not seen it and after you hear the summary, you decide you want to watch it, go ahead and fast forward through this and you can come back and hear the conversation. And then all of you guys can dive into the conversation with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Human Journey Podcast. So the summary for you is, what would you do for love? For a brilliant male bookstore manager who crosses paths with an aspiring writer, this question is put to the test. A charming yet awkward crush becomes something even more sinister when the writer becomes the manager's obsession. Using social media and the internet, he uses every tool at his disposal to become close to her even going so far as to remove any obstacle, including people, that stands in his way of getting to her. Now, if that sounds interesting to you, which I'm telling you, it's a good show. Go ahead and fast forward because this is when I'm going to start getting into the details. Okay? Episode one. Episode one is when Joe meets Beck and falls in love right away as soon as he sees her and he meets her at the bookstore and they have a conversation. She's kind of flirty. He already knew at that moment he was going to be crazy stalker on her. She was a cute girl. He finds her name because she uses her credit card and he assumes, oh, you used your credit card because you want me to see your name. Uh, No, maybe I just want to keep track of my transactions. Psycho. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go back to the show. Once he finds out what her name is, He starts looking into her on social media and finding out everything. He figured out where she lived based off of her location on a picture, her geolocation on a photo. And then he went to her house and watched her in the windows. But he realized something was standing in the way and it was her ex, Benji. Beck and Joe have a real date. And then Joe tries to do everything to win Beck over, but she's still stuck on Benji. And he knows this because he stole her phone and she obviously got a new phone, but he kept the iMessage on her old phone, which, by the way, that's not how it works. Like once you turn off your old phone, they can't see your stuff anymore. But for the for the show, I'll go ahead and play into this. And so he just doesn't believe Benji's good for her and he wants to take the matter into his own hands. In episode three. Beck isn't sure if Joe's the one, so he tries to prove that he's boyfriend material. And she's not sure if he's the one because they had sex and it was for all of one minute. And she was like, oh, okay. And it was for one minute because he's a stalker psycho who 
could not wait for that moment. So the thing about this show that makes you feel weird inside is they have you, they make you want to root for the antagonist. And I was rooting for him. So when he was stealing things and hiding things, I'm like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, get out of the way, get out of the way, stop, stop, like move. She's going to see you. She's going to see you. And then I realized he's a stalker. He's crazy. We don't need, (laughs) he doesn't need to be around anymore. So she just didn't know if he was boyfriend material and he was doing everything he could to try to prove that he was. And at this point he has Benji locked in a cage because he doesn't want Benji around her anymore. And Benji's like, dude, like, what do you need for me to get out? So in episode four, Beck heads out of town to meet with a man. And in the texting, so this is after they had sex. Um, she's texting in the bathroom and he can see who she's texting because he has her old phone. And it just is like Captain. The name is Captain. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll be there. Love you, too. And he freaks out and thinks she's cheating because he's a psycho. He follows her to this event that she's going to with the captain. Well, the captain ends up being her father. And now he's out of town with her and he has to pretend like he ran into her. Psycho. Okay. Episode five, Joe and Beck start their relationship and it starts becoming like intrusive um joe and beck are starting to have problems because joe or because beck's friend peach does not like joe and because she can see the cycle on him and joe tries to solve all of peach's problems because he's the problem um but it doesn't really work so in episode six first let me rewind joe attacked peach in the park and she thought it was a stalker so she's being taken care of by joe or by beck and there she's like let's go to our summer home the summer home so they go to the summer home joe of course can't not be around beck so he follows them to the summer home that's when peach eventually sees him and he kills peach i'm at this point like he's killing everybody everybody this is a psycho um episode seven joe is like starting to feel really uh um insecure which he just is an insecure person in general but he started feeling really insecure and jealous and obviously like beck is having a hard time because peach just passed away so she goes and sees a therapist and he's like oh i'm not important to you anymore why don't you want to talk to me and she's just going through a rough time and he was being annoying so he starts thinking she's cheating with the therapist well she was but he starts following her around to try to check if she's cheating and she finds him following her and they break up. So Joe finds someone else, a black girl. Woot woot. They're good together. I mean, he's still thinking about Beck all the time, checking her Instagram and stuff. But he likes the black girl. I can't remember her name. I hate to call her the black girl. I can't remember her name right now. For all purposes of having to not call her the black girl, I'm going to call her. We'll call her Rosita. Okay, Rosita. Joe and Rosita are doing great together. They're having a great time. Joe is also helping this little kid neighbor that he lives next to. Um, The mom's a drug addict and she's with a probation officer who's very abusive. Joe is trying to help the kid. He gives him books to read. So Rosita and Joe go for a walk and they run into Beck because she's just chilling in his neighborhood. After that, they start texting each other and they fuck up sorry they yeah then they fuck on a tour boat and then they continue to keep doing that he breaks up with rosita rosita goes off on him goes off on beck as she should then in episode nine beck is starting to feel like something's wrong like because rosita told uh beck you might end up off like Cand or yeah like candace and candace is joe's ex-girlfriend before beck so she starts looking into candace and saying like she's like this is fishy like how are all these people dying around candace boom i would have put two and two together like all these people die around me all these people died around candace he's the killer He's the psychopath. People don't just die around you. So she starts digging, 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 digging. And she feels like she she's like, what happened? He eventually is like, look, she cheated on me and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, look, she cheated on me and it was hurtful. And I love you. And she's like, I love you, too. And then he finds out she cheated on him as well. 
and he's like oh but we love each other so this will work he goes to get some breakfast pablo the kid the neighbor kid comes over and he's like i forgot to give him his book back i forgot it was hiding in the ceiling above the toilet and she's like what he's like yeah he told me that's the best place to hide things so she goes in the bathroom and she's like hmm, let me look in the ceiling above the toilet she finds his box with her panties in it, her shirt in there, a jar of teeth. She finds Benji's phone. She finds Peach's phone. She finds a whole bunch of stuff basically showing that he murdered them. She freaks out, drops the glass of teeth. So now she's like the jar of teeth. So now she has to clean up this jar of teeth. She cuts her finger and then tries to run out of the house and he sees the cut finger and he's like let me get you a band-aid let me get you a band-aid so he goes in the bathroom and she's like oh i'm just gonna leave and he sees the glass he sees the a tooth on the ground that the ceiling had been moved and he slams the door like you're not going nowhere he knocks her out puts her in the cage where benji was and she's like you hit me and blah 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 so she tried to pretend to get out in order to get out of this cage she knew how to pretend like i love him so she wrote this novel basically blaming her therapist for everything that he did just so that she could get out once she gave it to him he let her out and she threw him in the cage she like stabbed him or something threw him in the cage and screamed at him like i could never be with you like you're a murderer you're disgusting so she runs upstairs she leaves the keys in the door she runs upstairs but there's another caged door and pablo the little kid is standing there and she's like pablo please open this please open this he's a killer he's a killer and pablo didn't want to open it because joe had just killed pablo's stepfather for him and pablo's stepfather was abusive so he's like, no, I'm not going to I'm helping Joe out because Joe helped me out. So he shuts the door and she runs downstairs to get the keys. Well, he had a spare set in his pocket and he kills her. And so now she has this novel that she wrote and he releases it. And so now the world thinks the therapist did all of these killings and the therapist got arrested and is in prison. Well, then at the end, Candace comes walking in the bookstore. The show was super dramatic, super creepy, but not too creepy. It's like just creepy enough. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it today on Valentine's Day because I feel like it's perfect if you're like cynical about Valentine's Day. But for our next movie, I know there's a lot of controversy around this person. There's something that just happened in Paris recently. A woman alleged that Chris Brown had raped her. Then it came out that she knew Chris Brown had not raped her. She thought it was like his security or something. But she felt like if she said Chris Brown, they'd take it more seriously, which is so messed up. And let's keep in mind that that's only a small percentage of women that actually lie. Okay. But my main thing after he beat up Rihanna back in 2009, 2010, I was done with him. I loved his music still, but I just like in my conscious every time I played it I just could, I didn't feel right so it, it was hard for me to forgive Chris Brown when after I knew what my mom went through and my grandma went through but it was also hard for me to forgive him with his kind of attitude about it now watching the documentary I can understand where he was coming from that is the movie we will be watching for next week's episode on the 21st it's not that long it's so good it gives you an insight of what happened with everything and then we'll discuss it next week that concludes ease on down the road all right so let's take a guilt trip yeah you can leave on the back door. I know that you conscious won't leave you alone trip you all the way home so for this segment i am hanging out with my gal pal for valentine's day because she doesn't have a date and i don't believe in i mean i am not a fan i have valentine's day i don't care for it but if anyone feels lonely i'm down to hang out with them and watch a movie because i'm not going out so here we are about to watch castaway and you haven't even finished the popcorn yet. This movie always makes me so sad. I cry every time Wilson leaves him. Wilson doesn't leave him. He floats away in the ocean. I cry every time, too. That was his best and only friend. How long do you think you could last on an island? I think I could do a good solid 30 years, because I've been alone on this island for about that long already. 
from watching Castaway with you on Valentine's Day. Today is Galentine's Day. Is my love not enough for you? I thought you loved me. You're right, though. Some of us do already feel like Tom Hanks on that island. I'm lonely. Are you lonely or are you alone? What's the difference? Alone and being lonely aren't the same. Loneliness feels draining, distracting, and upsetting. Desired solitude feels peaceful, creative, and like you can restore yourself. Ever been happy to be by yourself? That's wanting to be alone. To be happy, we need intimate bonds, though. We need to be able to confide. We need to be able to feel like we belong. And we need to be able to get and give support. In fact, strong relationships are the key to a happy life. There are valid reasons to feel lonely, of course. There's the new situation, loneliness, where you've moved into a new town or a new city. Or maybe you started a new job and you don't know anyone. And then there's the different lonely where maybe your faith is really important to you and the people around you don't share that same faith or vice versa. So you just feel different. There's the no spouse loneliness where you just wish you were with someone. You wish you had a partner, a deep connection with someone. And then there's the no pet loneliness where maybe your pet just passed away or maybe you're so used to having a pet and you're off to college now and you're not allowed to have it in your dorm there's the untrustworthy relationship lonely feeling where you have all these people around you but you don't even trust them you can't confide in them and it makes you feel lonely even if you have fun with them you still feel lonely and the last one is like the quiet presence loneliness And that's just missing the feeling of having other people around. Maybe you live alone and you are having a hard time. But they say that's the last one. I truly don't believe that's the last one. I mean, I guess this one could go into the category of no spouse. But I think when you break up with someone, that is a whole level of lonely. Um, I remember when I broke up with my ex a couple exes ago, (laughs) I uh, went crazy like drove past his house um called blowed up his phone a hundred times and that wasn't who I was obviously it was just like the loneliness had taken over for me so I feel like breakup lonely should also be a category breakups have a dramatic impact on our bodies for example broken heart syndrome it's a real condition and it has serious painful symptoms studies have also shown that other breakups can cause acne loss of appetite and sore muscles I've even heard that when you break up with someone it's like a heroin withdrawal so you could be with the wrong one and have to deal with broken heart syndrome nah I'm good I'm waiting for the right one honestly our generation is the unhappiest quit with the millennial knocks facts are facts I'm a millennial too remember According to a study done by the Intergenerational Foundation, they compared three generations of young people. And today's millennials are unhappier and lonelier than previous generations. They report having a lower sense of well-being across all areas, including health, relationships, and finances. It's hard going to college, going into debt, getting a horrible job, and then paying crazy amounts of rent because you can't own your own home because you're in debt. But it's not just that, though. Millennials' sense of belonging has dropped 32% since 2005. The Intergenerational Foundation attributes that to falls in volunteering, interest in politics, and observing a religion. I disagree, personally, my opinion. I don't think politics, religion, or volunteering is really the problem that makes someone feel like they don't have a sense of belonging. I think all of those things, when you do them, make you feel like you're making a difference, make you feel like you're making an impact in the world. And if you feel like you're not doing that anymore then that's why you feel lonely. You could go to your church every Sunday and still feel lonely because that was me at one point. The other reason for millennial loneliness is the internet. (laughs) It's not a coincidence that loneliness began to surge two years after Apple launched its first personal computer and five years after Tim Berners-Lee invented the World Wide Web. Ironically, though, we use the internet to alleviate our loneliness. Social connection no longer requires a car. 
phone call or plan just a click and it seems to work because world of warcraft players experience less social anxiety and less loneliness when online than in the real world but of course excess of anything can ruin everything <laughs> so excessive internet use also increases feelings of loneliness because it, it disconnects us from the world finding friends on the internet can be comforting though but it's hard when you never get to see them I remember when I was like 14, I would go online and look for boyfriends because my mom would not allow me to have a relationship. No, I was younger than that. I was like 13, 12, 13, 14. And I'll go online looking for relationships because I was not allowed to have conversations on the phone with boys. And she didn't know much about the internet because we all didn't know much about the internet. But I found these chat rooms on Yahoo and I would, <laughs> I would find all these little boyfriends. <laughs> and that felt good for me but eventually I started feeling like when am I gonna meet this person like I don't even like when am I gonna see them I don't get to see them and then I started feeling like I didn't actually have a boyfriend <laughs> most of my friends online don't speak English I prefer it that way what is wrong with you the general social survey found that the number of Americans with no close friends has tripled since 1985 Lonely adolescents exhibit more social stress compared to not lonely ones. Lonely women literally feel hungrier. That's probably why I can't stop eating that bean and cheese dip. No, you can't stop eating that bean and cheese dip because you keep buying the bean and cheese dip. Feeling lonely increases risks of death by 26% and doubles our risk of dying from heart disease. So do you feel lonely or are you alone? Um good mix of the both have great friends like you that come watch movies with me on valentine's day but my family is so far away and i would love to have a partner in life so both if you go on amazon there's so many varieties of good partners to choose from i'm done with you i'm turning on the movie i'm just saying our next segment is called not all who wander are lost not all those who wander are lost. So this is our wellness segment. In this segment, because we were just talking about loneliness, let's talk about how we can combat loneliness. So what's the difference between being alone and being lonely? Being alone is good because solitude allows you to reboot your brain and unwind. It also gives you an opportunity to discover yourself and find your own voice. Solitude also helps you work through problems more effectively because you can think by yourself with a clear mind and it can also enhance the quality of your relationships with people. Being alone can be good. When you're alone, you start to question, are you your own friend? And that's something that you should think about on a regular basis. That can be a hard concept in the beginning to grasp, being your own best friend. But self-love is a journey and it takes some time. But once you get to even a portion of self-love you start understanding what being your own friend looks like take yourself on a date when i was growing up my mom used to tell me all the time she'd always tell me no one's gonna want to be around you if you can't even be around yourself period she didn't say period she would tell us like take yourself out to lunch take yourself out to a restaurant take yourself to a movie don't don't always ask your friends can you go with me and i do now i really enjoy going to movies by myself and people think i'm weird it's not weird to go do something by yourself it's not weird at all i enjoy eating out by myself i enjoy doing a lot of stuff by myself if you don't have a lot of time to take yourself out on a date use your lunch at work to sit by yourself but really you should just really practice being kind to yourself because that's going to help you with the loneliness the most introspection is really important and when you're soul searching you'll find out how important it is and that goes back to what i was saying about the self-love besides loving yourself giving yourself everything you need but if you're sick of yourself and you're like look i'm i'm lonely because i want a friend or i want a man or i want to be networking try so bumble just came out with this new addition to their app and it's called bumble bff or bumble biz so instead of using the, the app for dating you can go on there to find friends that have the same interests as you or you can go on there to find people that are entrepreneurs or looking for business-minded people themselves 
to network with. If you do decide to meet up with someone, please meet with them in in public. Meet in public. And if you can bring a friend, do that as well. But don't fill your lonely void with a relationship. And when I say relationship, I mean a romantic relationship. Because that's not going to fix anything. It's going to make things worse. What you're doing at that moment is looking for someone to fill a part of you that's missing. But you're expecting this person to fix something that you don't even know. You don't even know what it is. And that's not okay. It's not okay for it's not okay for you to do that to that person. It's not okay for you to do that to yourself. So don't fill your lonely void with a relationship. Please, please, please. That wraps up. Not all who wander are lost. Let's take a break. All right, let's move on over to our next segment called Let's Walk and Talk. Walk with me, talk with me. (laughs) So this is the segment where I go over listeners' questions. Please make sure to email thehumanjourneypod at gmail.com. Human is spelled with an E. It's H-U-E-M-A-N, humanjourneypod at gmail.com. With any questions or call 612-255-8593 and go ahead and leave a voicemail. It will ring, but I will not answer. Promise. So I got quite a few questions this week. I'm excited to answer them. If you don't want me to shout you out on my podcast, please let me know. Otherwise, this go around, I'm using names. For this first question, I'm not going to say the name because I don't know if it's okay based off of our situation. The question is, what's the best live show you've ever seen? I'm assuming we mean music. So my first live show I've ever seen was a B2K concert, which is crazy because they're coming back or they are back. (laughs) And it was like the Jingle Ball or something like that. I was in middle school. Yep, I was in middle school. And my mom took me. She somehow won tickets or something. We get there. We're looking at shirts. I'm with my mom, my dad, my brother, and me. And so I'm. I'm look. I want to go hang out with my girlfriends that are there, but of course I can't. My mom's very strict, and so I have to stay with them. And I'm looking at the shirts, like the merchandise, and I want one, but they're so expensive. We're like, we're not gonna get them. We finally go to find our seats, and as we're walking in, they're dry humping the air. <laughs> Grew up as a Jehovah Witness. <laughs> My mom was like, we're leaving. <laughs> the best live show I've ever seen. It's so hard. Uh, I like intimate shows. Oh, my God. I loved SZA. Oh, my God. So I got to do a meet and greet during the concert. Like I was melting the entire time because I had listened to her album on repeat for months before she actually came. And the album just spoke to me in so many different ways. So I loved SZA. And not and not that she was like a great performer. It was just her voice is amazing. And the songs are, the songwriting skills. I saw Ed Sheeran. He was good. I liked that he uh, was a one-man band. That was pretty cool. My next question comes from at Cavernathy the Bold. And they asked me, would you run for office? Um, if we're talking about presidential, you know, they say never say never, but fuck no. <laughs> maybe like, lo- maybe locally. I don't feel like I'm qualified, nor do I feel like I have the composure to be in office. Yeah, I would never run for office. Never say never, but never. This next question came in anonymous, but it's like three IG stories long. So if you have like a long question, you can just go ahead and shoot me an email at humanjourneypod at gmail. And that way I don't have to try to like piece them all together. It says, I've struggled with depression for five years and didn't feel ready to date. Now I really like someone and he feels the same way I do. Is it a good idea to date when I'm just getting my mental health in the right direction? Great question. That is a question I feel like we all like I've I've always asked myself that am I in the right space to date right now? The fact that you're asking that question says something already about you. OK, that says you understand yourself, you know where you're at and you know where you want to be. Which is huge. That's one huge step right there. Now that you understand yourself, you know where you're at and you know where you want to be. 
imagine placing this person, whoever this person is, their personality and everything into your lifestyle. Where do they fit in? Just imagine, close your eyes and imagine. Can they fit into this? Can they fit into you if you're in therapy, your therapy sessions? Will they not try to hold you back from going to therapy? Will they not try to trigger you when you're feeling upset about certain things? Think about that. I think we're all suffering with some sort of mental illness, mental health issue, and we can't all avoid relationships because we have it. But if you're in a place where you're it's like disabling for you, I don't think you should be focused on a relationship. I think you should be focused on yourself, like self-care, because when you're in a relationship you do focus a lot of your time on the relationship the person and wanting to make them happy and when you're not you're worried about making you happy so I think this is something that you have to dig deep down in yourself for and ask those really hard questions am I ready you know yourself better than I know you anonymous and I think you just need a few days to think about it maybe journal Um, but don't hop into anything when you're not ready when you when you're unsure don't hop into anything and don't lead him on any more than you probably already have with flirting because I know you probably have just let it stay where it is until you figure out what you want okay so this next question comes from at Ashley Taylor Fitness And it's, what is your dream vacation and why? My dream vacation is like eat, pray, love style. Like going to Bali, Italy, and Italy for food. Bali for spirituality. And I really loved the islands. um, And I really want to go to Turks and Caicos. So I would go to Turks and Caicos. Let's move on to the next question. My next question comes from at Concrete Row 74. Um, and it says, what got you started? I'm assuming you mean what got me started with my choices in my career path. And that is a deep, deep conversation that I might have on a different podcast, but I'll be brief. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. This is going to sound like a commercial. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I was going out a lot. And my friend was a pharmacy technician. And I saw her books. And it was a lot of math. And I've always loved math. So I took her books and I studied them. And I was planned on taking the national certification test. Well, little did I know that at the law had just changed where you had to have so many hours working in the pharmacy or in school before you could take the test randomly my dad had called me and said hey I just heard a commercial um, about a school that has a pharmacy program you should look into it so I looked into it it was a 20-week course um, and I did it I knocked it out and I got my license through the state and then over a year ago a year and a half ago I took the test and now I'm nationally certified so I can literally work as a pharmacy technician anywhere in the United States which was pretty cool I kept getting promotions kept moving to different positions within the same company and eventually realized this is not something I want to do with for the rest of my life and I got into social media managing I literally am just a hustler like I don't have a college degree and for a long time I was ashamed about that because of environment And I realized there are a lot of people in the world that don't have a college degree. I saw the social media managing, realized there's no degree for it, and I need to get into this now. So I started doing all the research, following trends, making business cards, going business to business, handing them out, and getting clients. At that moment, I got another promotion into a different position and kind of took a step back from social media managing. Um, More recently, I got with a company that hires DJs for events so I am DJing major like majority of them are going to be weddings podcasting I got into it because I loved listening to podcasts and I've always wanted to be on radio but I like I never I don't care what anybody says like I've never everybody's always like oh you should try college you should just try to go back I've because I've gone you should try to go back you should try to go back college is just not for everybody and I did not want to go to broadcasting school I just 
did not want to go to school. I just don't like it. Um, and so I thought podcasting is cool. Like it's doing what I want to do, but just talking about what I want to talk about, not what I'm told to be talked about, not what someone's telling me to talk about. And I did one episode and literally left on a high and was like, this is it. Like, I I feel like I was jumping up and down and like, oh my God, I can't believe we just did this. Oh my God, this was so cool. I can't wait to do another one. I can't wait to finish this episode. I can't wait to, you know, I was just so excited. At that moment, I knew podcasting was going to be for me. I knew social media was going to be for me. I went through a funk for a little bit and I was like, this isn't for me. Like, I don't even know why I'm, I don't even know why I pursued it. This is stupid. Um, But now I'm back. I'm back and I'm winning and I'm here and I'm DJing and I'm doing podcasting. If you need any DJing for weddings, hit me up. And my final question is from at bone Johnson underscore 21. Go ahead and check out his Instagram. His question is, what's the number one thing on your bucket list? The number one thing on my bucket list is become successful enough to be able to get my daughter the car she wants at 16, period. And that's like been my only goal since the beginning. I want her to get I want to be able to buy her a car at 16 and the car she wants. Those were all really good questions. My brain hurts right now. I'm so sorry, guys. I feel like I wasn't it wasn't in depth enough. Maybe it was. I'm I've I'm I've lost track of time. <laughs> we're gonna move we're gonna move on over to the shady path. Oh ah, the ghetto. All right, for this week's shady path, we have a few topics to touch on. First and foremost Ariana Grande dropped a new album on the 8th. It has 12 tracks. They're all great, all amazing. Oh my goodness, the album is still on repeat for me. Here's my top five. One is Needy, and if you haven't heard it, please go listen. It's like, I I knew the lyrics to the song before it even came out because there are some Ariana Grande stalkers and they pieced all of the little clips that she had together and put the song together from the pieces so I knew the chorus already number two NASA number three is ghosting that one's so beautiful uh four is break up with your girlfriend on board that is a bop I have a conspiracy theory about break up with your girlfriend yes I am someone that believes in conspiracy theories especially like Bigfoot mermaids it just means like possibility. This is what I believe could have happened, period. And anything is possible, really. And when you look at facts, it becomes more believable. But my conspiracy theory, this one is not facts. My conspiracy theory for Break Up With Your Girlfriend is that Ariana Grande and Pete broke up. And then she told Big Sean to break up with his girlfriend because she was bored. And Big John and Janae Aiko broke up. So I think that song is, is about Big Sean. <laughs> Does that make sense for anybody else? Because I think it makes total sense. And I think that's what happened. Okay, number five is In My Head. And I literally couldn't pick number five, but I just had to choose one. Otherwise, I would have been here all night. They're all super good. There was some controversy around Ariana Grande with Cardi B at the Grammys. Mac Miller's family was invited to the Grammys and he was nominated for the same category that Cardi B was nominated was, which was the best rap album. Um, Mac Miller did not win. Cardi B did. And she was the first woman to win a Grammy for best rap album. You go girl. Ariana Grande had tweeted some things like this is stupid blah 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 she didn't mean she wasn't talking up she wasn't knocking Cardi B she was just saying why would you invite his family to this event if you weren't even gonna have him win but girl by like they couldn't give the answer away 
of course they're gonna invite it would be rude not to invite the family i think she's just upset she's emotional she's she's been through a lot give her a break i'm still going to her concert in july and it just came out that thank you next actually had three the song had three versions the first version had no names and everybody was like this is whack like we can't do this one the next version she was on and off with pete davidson so she didn't have his name in it and then when they broke up she released the one that's out now so the next thing that i want to talk about is gucci so gucci recently came out with a sweater that looks a lot like blackface i'll describe the sweater it's like a turtleneck but instead of i wouldn't call it a turtleneck i would call it a turtle cheekbone because it goes all the way up to your cheekbones not just your neck I don't know who will wear this sweater. It covers your nose, like the tip, the top of your nostrils and your lips. And where the lips are, it has a circle cut out. And then around that, it has red around the outline of the lip. It looks a lot like blackface. My question is, who is wearing this sweater? Like, why would they think they were going to make money off of this sweater? Why would you want to wear it? Literally, the only purpose to wear that sweater is to be racist. Like, the poor model. Actually, not the poor model, because she had an option to be like, yo, you want me to get in this? I don't think I want to get in this. And she still got in it to make the money. It looks horrible. The only time it will be a pro- I wouldn't, and like, you can't wear it to work, because you look like you might rob a bank. You might just be really cold. and But then the lips are cut out, so then it looks like some... Thing that you would do in a bedroom with a spouse it just <laughs> this sweater is confusing it's going so many different ways for me and I feel like the only time it's appropriate to wear it would be at a KKK rally like let's take the hoods off and just cover the mouse that way we can see the expression of hate through your eyes <laughs> and then we can identify you <laughs> Uh, Katy Perry recently released shoes that looked a lot like blackface as well. They were like black loafers with big eyes and red lips, big red lips. And at first I saw it and I was like, come on, guys, we can't say everybody's out here doing blackface. Just I mean, that looks like a face. But then I looked and there were no other colors besides black. It was it was a resemblance of a blackface shoe. They removed the shoes off of the shelves and the website. And then Montclair has this puff jacket. It's all black and it has big red lips on it and big eyes. (laughs) And so all of these labels are now being exposed for their blackface items. I think someone maybe saw it as a trend. Like they thought, ooh, we like the way this looks. And one designer noticed another designer was going to do it. And they just kept copying And that's why we need black people in higher positions, because they would have been the ones to say this. This is not mm -mm, this isn't going to work. This is not going to work. And it bothers me because black people are just as smart, have just as many college degrees, and yet they're still not in those positions. So Gucci's canceled. The information is out there for you guys. Um, The next person I wanted to talk about was Chris Brown and Offset. I don't know if you guys know what's going on, but I have been dying. So this Chris Brown offset thing has like made me uncomfortable for the both of them because it's so dramatic and I've been loving it the entire time. And really it's just Chris Brown because offsets at one thing and Chris Brown has gone in. So Chris Brown posted a video of 21 Savage rapping, but there was a voiceover, the real audio, and it was a British voice like rapping. I don't know if you guys have seen that video. Um, And he had the caption saying, come on, fam, stop playing with the mans. So Offset decided to comment on it and say, memes ain't funny, lame. Which I get what he was saying. Like, he's sick of the memes of people talking about 21 Savage. But that wasn't a meme. That was literally not a meme. That was a video. And... I don't think he was making fun of him. I think he was just saying like, this is, it's, it's funny that we didn't know that you were British, but leave him alone. Like let him go home. <laughs> so Chris Brown commented, <laughs> F you little boy, better worry about what you got going on and focus on you. All this cap on Instagram is what's lame. If you don't get your a hip, a hop, a hippie, a hippie to the hip, hip, pop, and you don't stop a rockin' face, 
ass out my comment. <laughs> Why would he need to say that? He's so. I feel like Chris Brown should do stand up. And then he proceeded to go in on Offset for several days after that. He ended up dropping his address because Offset was like, come on, let's fight, let's fight. And he's like, you know where I live? And Offset was like, nah, you gonna call the police. He was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And speaking of 21 Savage, we just found out that he was recently released from jail on bond, pending his deportation. So that's big news. Hopefully he gets to stay in America because this is ridiculous. So Nicki Minaj and BT are not friends right now. We'll get into the Grammys in a second, but the Grammys obviously just happened a few days ago on the 2019 Grammys and BT messed up. Cardi B was nominated for Best Rap Album of the Year. And Nikki wasn't even up for a grant. Cardi B won Best Album of the Year. And they tweeted or posted an article saying uh, Cardi B won. And then in the tweet, it said, Meanwhile, Nicki Minaj is being dragged by her lace front. First of all, who's that upset with her to decide that's a good idea to tweet that? Second of all, who's their social media manager? Did it even go to a supervisor? Because I don't think, like, that is ridiculous. You don't talk to anybody like that especially when you when you work with them so she pulled her uh, performance from the BET experience now I'm going to talk about the Grammys I couldn't remember if the Grammys were canceled or the Oscars were canceled I know a lot of stuff has been canceled lately so I just decided not to watch it (laughs) and then after I was like oh this is the one Alicia Keys hosted this one isn't the one that was canceled so I like it's whatever I didn't watch it I could always go back and watch it on demand but I mean I never want to go back and watch a two-hour award show but Ariana Grande won best pop vocal album Childish Gambino won song of the year and video of the year for This Is America which I'm so happy for him but I still don't even know what that song's about and Cardi B won best rap album and uh, she said that she won the Grammy for her and Mac Miller which I think is a nice little send-off for the year for him. And the last thing I want to talk about is Bill Cosby. He's enjoying prison right now, everybody. (laughs) I guess he's enjoying prison. He's saying he's having a great time. I don't know if he's saying that for us to be like, all right, well, if he's having a great time, get him out of there. I don't know. Like, why, why is he having a good time in prison? Maybe because he's Bill Cosby and nobody will ever mess with Bill Cosby. Maybe because he is an icon and like they are worshiping him in there and he's such a creep and narcissist that he enjoys it i hate that i feel this way about bill cosby it hurts my heart to feel this way about bill cosby but fuck him let's let's get out of the shady path and move on over to a move move in the right direction So for this segment, I posted on Facebook, I was looking for someone to feature and my elementary friend from my first elementary school I ever went to, she was my best friend from kindergarten to second grade. She responded saying her fiance. So I looked into what he did and was blown away that this was happening in Minneapolis and I had no idea about it. I mean, there's a lot of things happening in Minneapolis that I don't know about, but... (laughs) So I asked him if he'd be interested to be featured in the podcast, and he agreed, which I was really happy about. So I'm just going to read his little bio for you guys. Not his little, his bio for you guys. Adam has a brand called Improvestra, and the concept is getting musicians together. He's the conductor. He conducts how the music goes, but they get to play whatever whatever feels right for them which is such a cool concept like you think of improv for comedy but you've never I like I don't think about it for music so I asked him if he could tell me a little bit about his brand and he's from out of town so I wanted to correlate with the episode I asked him um, how he dealt with his loneliness and because it's black history month I asked him to tell me about a person in black history that influenced him to be who he is today And this is what he responded with. I created Improvestra as a means to use the gifts I was given as a composer and improviser. 
keeping in mind that my limitation is my piano playing ability. I feel comfortable improvising on the piano for sure, but I love orchestra I love orchestration and hearing the colors multiple instruments can produce. About nine years ago, I moved to Minnesota and knew no one. You can't understand how lonely and isolating it can be to move to a new state and not have a single contact. I went to any show I could and started meeting musicians. I asked some of them if they wanted to get together for a live concert where I would use some hand signals to lead a large-scale improvisation. We practiced a couple of times only to realize that this was such a large endeavor that it was bound to fail occasionally. Once we realized that the failure was kind of wonderful and that we could turn it into a fun experience, we lived in that discomfort and learned a lot about ourselves in the exploration. I found a musical family in that for sure. The man responsible for this method of improvisation is Butch Morris, a black man who has made his mark in New York in the 70s as a jazz musician. He used a baton and led improvisations with some hand signals that were loosely defined and coined the term conduction. He was a huge inspiration to me. I love the concept of what he created, but the music that was created was free jazz or a tonal. It wasn't organized tonal improvisation. He was breaking the mold away from that. I wanted to create something different and easier for people to latch on to. I think as musicians, we tend to be a people that struggle with depression and low self-esteem. When you make a living creating music that isn't selling out huge stadium shows, the money is low and the sense of external validation you receive is even lower. I don't think that affects why we want to create and it may even be a motivating factor, but needless to say, it's, it's a struggle at times. In order to make a living wage, most of us play weddings or in cover bands because the audience is already comfortable with the music. So to learn more about Adam and to read his full bio, you can check out my social media on Saturday for Shout Out Saturdays. And that's where I will post his information, um, his videos, and his full bio. He's done a TED Talk. I think this concept is super cool. Like I said, I hadn't heard of it before, and now I'm definitely going to be attending a show. I actually like to get like a group together and attend a show. Let's move on over to A Journey's End. All right, we got to wrap this up, though. Okay. So wrap it up, then. Over there, too. Close it. Close it. Close it. Close it. This week, I've done a lot of internal reflection. And a lot of internal battles. And I found this quote and it felt really good for my soul. So I'm, I just wanted to read it to you guys. Um, it says, we are earth people on a spiritual journey to the stars. Our quest, our earth walk is to look within. To know who we are. To see that we are connected to all things. That there is no separation only in the mind. And that's by Lakota Seer. And it made me really think because I do feel like there's no beginning or end to anything. Everything's connected. And it took me a really long time to grasp that concept. But we all are just a bunch of cells living on a bunch of cells floating in outer space. There's no beginning and there's no end. Even when you think after death there's an end, you still go into the ground and you create other life. There's no end. So when you feel lonely, feel it, cry, hurt, but then shake that off and power through. Take that lonely time to find ways to love yourself. Look within. There's only one you and no one else on this earth can do what you do. Take your time alone and flourish. Become that flower. Make people see you. Everything still makes no sense at all but I don't feel as crazy as I did trying to understand because I understand now that there is no understanding and I just need to let go and feeling lonely sometimes is a part of the process I hope that when you do feel lonely you have someone that you can reach out to um, a family member or a loved one but sometimes maybe you just want to sit in it And that's where I've been at this week. I kind of just want to sit in it. I don't feel lonely. I just want to be alone. Um, So this is the affirmation that I chose for this week. I'm going to say it a couple times. There will be a moment of silence. And then we'll close out. I love and accept myself. And I do not need the company of others to feel happiness.
I love and accept myself and I do not need the company of others to feel happiness. Okay. Well, that is the end of the show. It always comes so quickly. I want to thank Knox Music and Made by Terry J for the intro and outro to my podcast, The Music. And I also want to thank Adam at Improvestra, Improvestra, uh, for allowing me to feature him on the podcast. If you'd like to be featured, if you have any questions or need some advice, feel free to email humanjourneypod at gmail.com. Or you can call 612-255-8593 and go ahead and leave a voicemail. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't wait to check in with you guys next week. Have a great week and the journey continues. Look at all the paths that I chose. Look at how I rose. Slam, slam, dunk like D-Rose. Slam it on my foes. I put one foot up up on the moon. Ah, next step coming soon. Ah, magic in their face. The journey continues. Ah, journey continues. Journey continues. Journey continues. Journey continues. Journey continues.